Community Focus is a look at events, issues, and initiatives happening in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. Community Focus is produced by Hubbard Radio Brainerd and broadcast locally on 106.7 WJJY. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we're going to talk about human trafficking. This is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And our guest today is Kate LePage. Kate is the uh, Central Minnesota Regional Navigator for Safe Harder, Har- Harbor, mm-hmm. rather, and that's under the umbrella of Lutheran Social Service. Kate, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Oh, thank you for having me. So tell us, uh, first of all, about Safe Harbor. What is Safe Harbor? Yeah. Yeah, so Safe Harbor is actually a law that was put in place in Minnesota back in 2011 and then implemented in 2014 that said no longer can somebody under the age of 18 be charged with prostitution because prior to that law going into place, um, we could have had somebody that maybe wasn't even of consenting age that could have been charged for soliciting sex. Um, And since then, they've also put money towards the state through MDH and DHS has put money towards different programs throughout the state. So there are three branches of services. um, And that's kind of where the safe harbor programs come from is they stem from that law that Minnesota put in place. And basically saying that the person under 18 is a victim and not necessarily the one soliciting and could be, you know, trafficked. Exactly, exactly. Um, Well, and and when you're a minor, there's really no need to prove force, fraud, or coercion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the state's actually adopted that for any age, which is really cool. You don't Good. have to be a minor mm-hmm. um, for us to be able to prove that there was a trafficking scenario going on. All right. Um, we're going to talk about what you do, but as we raise awareness about this issue, uh, I hear time and time again people think, well, that doesn't really go on here in outstate <laughs> Minnesota, does it? I know. I hear that time and time again as well (laughs) in my role. Um, And unfortunately, that's just not the case. This is the second largest criminal enterprise worldwide, um, $150 billion industry per year. And I like to put that into perspective for people and kind of bring the NFL involved because we're coming up on the Super Bowl here. The NFL is a $15 billion business per year, roughly. So, you know, putting that into perspective, it only falls under drugs for criminal enterprises in the world. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at, you know, here in our Brainerd Lakes area, you know, when Baxter police did their first sting operation, they actually had to shut down early because they got so many hits off of their ad that they placed that they couldn't make any more arrests that day. Oh, my gosh. I mean, things are definitely happening here, and it's a business really fueled by demand. So when we do a sting operation like that and we see that there is demand, um, you know, we know that there is going to be essentially a product as well, unfortunately. And, right. and you know, we don't have as many resources in this area to continually do sting operations, but there is um, a county close by to us that does continually do operations. And, you know, they identified around 78 victims in nine in the past nine months. Mm. My gracious, that just yeah, astounds me. Buyers, yeah. And so when we look at, you know, that's only about an hour away from where we're living. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is close. It's close by, and that's, that's an area that's continually doing investigations, too. So, 
And the really sad part and tragic part to me is the fact that you've already said it. There are so many of these girls that are minors. That's just hard to believe. Girls and boys, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah, yeah girls and boys. I was going to actually correct that. Actually, in the metro right now, we're seeing 50-50 boys and girls that are being victimized. Wow. Um, and in the rural, we're seeing numbers that look more like 80-20. However, we get more hits on ads that we place out for sting operations of boys. So we know the demand is actually there for that. Um, but, yeah, the average age of entry right now in the U.S. is and Minnesota is 15. Some of the minority groups, like our Native American population, the average age is 12. Oh, oh. my Lord. That is just, yeah. it's sickening and heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's definitely hard for people to hear. And I think, you know, we have to get past that a little bit to start working on awareness and prevention. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a problem that we see in our area. Every month in Minnesota, around 213 people are sold for sex through the internet and escort services. Unbelievable. So what can the public do to help stop this or what should they be on the lookout for? What do we need to know? Yeah, well, you know, anybody can play a role. What I like to say when I'm out doing trainings is, you know, those tangible needs not everybody can provide, right? We can't all provide housing and things like that, um, but we all can provide the intangible needs. So you can all be, we can all be healthy adults in youth lives. And really what it stems down to is helping youth identify what's healthy and what's unhealthy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to provide a positive community that's open to people coming forward and disclosing abuse and supporting youth that have had traumatic experiences is going to go a long way for somebody that needs to leave the life. Right. Um, so I mean, we can all provide positive relationships and things like that for youth, mm-hmm. but there are definitely red flags. We had um, we had a Nisla shop owner that passed out red flag cards to all the other Nisla businesses so that they would have them in case they needed to identify some of these red flags and call into the proper authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, things like multiple devices that connect to the internet, um, cash on hand, or Visa gift cards is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're hotel staff and you're cleaning out um, a room and you see a lot of candy wrappers in the garbages, you know, that's a big red flag. Um, you can look for, you know, different tattoos or stories that don't seem consistent or overly well rehearsed, um, really significantly older relationships that kind of blossom very quickly, um, mm. and almost seem isolating would be a big red flag as well. Oh my gosh. Kate, uh, talk more too about what happens, uh, once you've, uh, intervened and you have a young lady like this or a young man and you get them into this safe harbor program, what kind of things are are we able to do for them? Yeah, so you mean when somebody in the public identifies and what they should do with that information, or when we actually have somebody in the program, what does that look like? I guess I want to just make sure I have your question correct. Well, let's handle both of those. Yeah, that's so, good. yeah, that's the, those are both good questions. Yeah, so if you identify some red flags, you know, Speaking with law enforcement, we work very closely um, with them in our area, in the Brainerd Lakes area. No law enforcement officer is going to be upset that they got a call. So if you feel like you've identified some red flags 
or you feel uneasy about a relationship that you see out in public or wherever, definitely call in that information. We're all kind of just a piece of the puzzle sometimes. Mm-hmm. These relationships are really hard because that's what they are is a relationship, um, are really hard to identify sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it just takes everybody coming together and creating that positive community that notices unhealthy things um, to make a difference. But calling law enforcement child protection intake because any suspected trafficking is now a mandated report right. as of May of 2017. Good. So, you know, especially if you're a mandated reporter, but you don't have to be a mandated reporter to make a call to um, child protection. Okay. Uh, or you can call our hotline. Our hotline is 218-824-3770. And we can definitely talk through what you're seeing, but we can also make that call to law enforcement for you. Um, if somebody doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with that. Okay. Okay, and then talk about that second part of the question is uh, what uh, kind of services are provided once we can uh, get a young person out of uh, that situation? Yeah, so there's actually three um, branches of services that are funded through the Safe Harbor program at the state level. Um, There's supportive services, there's regional navigator services, and then there's housing services. So it kind of, you know, It takes a long time sometimes for individuals to get out of the life and stay out of that life. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the reason why supportive services are so important. If we identify somebody, we can get them connected to an advocate that can start creating that healthy relationship with them so that when they are are ready to step away, um, they can do so in a comfortable manner with somebody that they've already established a relationship with. Okay. Um, Because it's kind of like a domestic violence situation where it can be most dangerous for a youth when they're trying to leave. So we want to be very cognizant of that when we're working with youth and kind of expecting them to leave. Um, Is it necessarily going to benefit them in that moment in the best way? So um, doing some mobile case management is kind of what that supportive service looks like, running groups and things like that. Um, And then there's housing programs. So we have about 65 beds throughout the state that are funded through Safe Harbor. So if somebody is identified and we need to get them into safe housing that's trauma-informed, we can definitely refer to one of those programs. We actually have one of the uh, housing programs funded in our area out of the same office that I work out of, and that is a specialized foster care program. So if we got and I, somebody identified and get a call and we get them placed in one of our homes, um, they'll receive intensive case management. They'll receive mental health services, medical services, kind of whatever they need to get back to kind of that um, zero playing field, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we'll work on what their next steps are, right? Because somebody that's been in an abusive relationship maybe hasn't been able to make a choice um, about what their life looks like for so long. Mm-hmm. So making sure that part of that process, once they're in a healthy state um, or a healthier state, is to help them identify what their goals are right. and then working towards those. Okay. Kate, so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if someone's listening right now and they are stuck in this life or they're in a situation that they really want out of, what's the first step they should take? Should they call you, go somewhere? What's the first thing? Yeah, you know, they can always call our hotline. Our hotline is answered 24-7. And, you know, due to human error, if we don't get back right away, we always get back within an hour. 
Um, and that is, again, 218-824-3770. Um, also, if, you know, it's somebody that isn't able to call or maybe doesn't have minutes on their phone, mm-hmm. we also have our LSS Saving Grace Facebook page that people can always message message us on, and we will answer in that manner as well. Okay. So definitely reaching out for help and then letting us know what's, what they need in that moment for okay. us to safely get them out of that situation. Okay. And um, I'm guessing course. they can always call law enforcement, too. Yes, if, I was about to say, of course, mm-hmm. always call 911 if it's an emergency and they need out right then and there. Right. And our partnerships with law enforcement are just so great that um, once someone has been identified, they always loop us in anyways. So they'll get to speak to an advocate as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Hmm. You know, Kate, is there much uh, going on? I, I would imagine that um, young people even getting into this field, um, getting into that kind of a lifestyle, uh, there are maybe a zillion different reasons from poverty to uh, horrible home life, chemical abuse, whatever the case. Is there any work on the front end of preventing young people from attempting this? Sure. Yeah. I mean, vulnerability is, I mean, there's so many different vulnerabilities that we see coming into play. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one trafficker video that I show um, of an interview of a trafficker that says kind of, hey, anybody, no matter if they come from money or without money, everybody needs something in their life to feel good and happy. And so somebody that's looking to take advantage of you is going to figure out what they can exploit in that manner. So um, really what I press is, Anybody can be targeted, uh, really, which is sad. Just by that age, it's a vulnerability in its own self. So really talking to kids or working, you know, in the schools or whatever that looks like to help kids identify what's healthy and what's not healthy in a relationship and what the red flags are to an unhealthy relationship will go really far. Also, um, talking about how to use the Internet safely. No kid is going to stop using the Internet. It's just not It's not going to happen. If you ask them to, there's going to be a wall that goes up. Mm-hmm. kind of their whole world. So right. how can we do so in a safe manner? Because a lot of the grooming that we see starts online. Yep. So talking about that and talking about why it's so important to set your privacy settings and things like that. And not to talk to strangers who seem to be wiggling their way in. Hmm. Exactly. And, and you know, it, so on a low end, a trafficker makes around $100,000 a year off of one person. So when you think about that, they're going to approach the situation in a smart way, and they're going to put their time and effort into somebody that they identify as a victim. So it's not even as simple as not talking to people that you don't know. It could be somebody that is recruiting you at school. So just really being able to understand what isolation looks like in a relationship mm-hmm. and how to not um, get put in that position to begin with. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we talk about is in our curriculums that we do with youth for prevention are what are your resources? Because if you feel like you can't be at home for whatever reason and you want to run away, what is a resource locally that you can tap into so that you don't have somebody else offering to take care of you mm-hmm. in exchange for whatever that is. Right. So we talk a lot about what vulnerabilities are and kind of naming those vulnerabilities and then what resources are out there to help combat that. Mm-hmm. 
And Kate, do you and your group, do you guys go into schools and talk to kids about this, or is this something in other groups do? Yeah, we definitely do. We have gone in and done some curriculums in schools and, and juvenile group homes and some truancy groups and things like that. So we're definitely always available and wanting okay. to do prevention in schools. All right. Well, it's, again, why I just uh, some of the numbers you've talked about here are just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to have this yeah. going on in in Minnesota and outstate Minnesota as well as the metro area. And we just need to be vil- vil- uh, vigilant, all of us, right? But we are in such a great state for it, I do have to say. I mean, we're the fifth state to pass this type of law. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but we did put funding towards it, and we created that. Um, it's called a no-wrong-door model that really says no matter where a victim is identified, they will be met in a trauma-informed manner and offered services. So okay. we really are being proactive in our state and trying to deal with it, but it's just such a large industry yeah. um, that trying to curb demand is going to be really important as well in this this battle. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Kate, wow. we, we <laughs> truly appreciate you taking time to be able to talk with us today as uh, we go through the month of January, just a few days left. As we said, this is uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And thanks for what you're doing here in yeah. this area to help these uh, young people. Yeah. And if anybody wants to hear more about kind of what this this culture looks like, I'm actually going to be doing an online forum off of our Saving Grace Facebook page on the 31st from 7 to 745. And it'll be a live question and answer kind of discussion. But oh, it'll stay up for... 24 hours afterwards. So we're going to talk about the book Renting Lacey, which is a really wonderful book um, that really truly depicts what a trafficking relationship looks like. But if you haven't had time to read it, no worries. We'll talk a lot about just kind of what this looks like and why it's so hard for people to leave these relationships. Okay. Okay. Date and time again on that? Yeah, that's going to be on the 31st. So coming up on Thursday this week, and then it'll be from 7 to 745 will be the PM will be the online or live portion. And that's on your Facebook page? Yep, the LSS Saving Grace Facebook page. Okay. All right. Well, Kate, thank you again for all you're doing uh, with this, you know, subject here in the Lakes area. And thanks for visiting with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That is Kate LePage. She is the Central Minnesota Regional Navigator for Safe Harbor. And again, that... Uh, Facebook presentation, if you will, will be taking place this Thursday from 7 to 7.45. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That's today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget, you can hear Community Focus anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com.